Hello everyone and welcome to episode 12 of the Music and Mindset Matters podcast. I am your host Christy Russell and I am feeling pretty great on this Monday, um, almost last day of October. I cannot believe we are Halloween tomorrow and then November's on Wednesday. It's just rushing by, isn't it? Um, Speaking about rushing by at the end of the year, I've been busy teaching myself how to record songs on GarageBand. I'm so chuffed with myself. It's like, oh, it's been a long time in the making. I've been making up songs since I was a little kid. And um, just, yeah, you, if you know me already, you know, I just love singing. And some members of my family are, you know, like, oh, mom, will you stop singing everything? <laughs> because I can really tend to, you know, go all out and go, you know, Put your shoes on, it's time to go. Go and brush your teeth, go and brush your teeth. You know, just to try and get some get some attention around the house. Anyway, I digress. Um, why was I mentioning that? Oh yeah, GarageBand. Um, I'm really excited because I've got a new resource out, a new freebie for you guys to download. And I'm really pleased with it. It's a um, it's my arrangement of Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, but I do a little Twinkle Twinkle Christmas Star. Um, it was a song I made up a little while ago to use with some of the music and movement sessions that I was doing and and yeah, just, just playing it up a little bit and I thought, oh, you know what, I need to start recording some of these songs that I make up and start getting them out to, you know, educators, parents, carers, anyone that can, you know, use them at home or in their work. So yeah, this new one is um, Twinkle Twinkle Christmas Star, but it's um specifically designed for parent uh, sorry educators and teachers in lower primary to use for the end of school uh, end of year school concerts so i know from experience that it can be quite a stressful time trying to fit everything in try and find the song try and get the resource usually there's a prop or you know a christmas craft idea to go with it so i've bundled it all up so if you i'll put it in the show notes the link to it but it's basically the full recording of the music with me singing. So you get an idea, you just press play and then you learn along with it. And then when you get comfortable with that, the kids singing it, then you can use the backing track. So it's just got the music and the kids will sing over the top. Um, and you can use that on performance day as well. And then you get the lyrics already printed out there for you. You get um, a copy of the instructions on how to do an upcycled guitar out of tissue box and rubber bands. It's really fun. So it's really an all-in-one resource that is specifically for, you know, to support teachers and educators at this busy, crazy time of year. Um, and with that, you know, that's that's an element of my online business that I want to offer as well some really low cost options to um, support your resources and add to your toolkits so yeah check it out I'd love some feedback um, it's the first time creating an audio resource for you so yeah please let me know how you go with it if you've got any tech issues definitely let me know because you know this is something that I'm learning as well um, and yeah just if you've actually if you've got any ideas for songs hit me up because I really I love creating songs sometimes when I've done my music and movement sessions and I want to say introduce a new instrument, for example, a castanet comes to mind. I couldn't find a song that I that was like an explicit teaching song about the castanet, so I just made it up and it was really fun and the kids really liked it. So I'll be adding that one to my little repertoire soon as well. So um, what else can I tell you? Yep, so pop the link, make sure you click on that link um, to, the, um, to the song easy downloadable audio and plus your PDF with the lyrics and the craft idea. So that's moversandshakersmusic.com.au forward slash Christmas. All right, today's episode. Oh my gosh, we have a really, um, it's a fabulous episode today. I'm so excited. Uh, if you follow me on social media, media, you'll know I've been banging on about this new book I've just ordered. It's called Ending Body Burnout. And let me say how excited I am to be actually interviewing the author of that book in today's episode. Ah, oh, it's going to be a fabulous conversation, quite raw, quite detailed, very powerful, very important. Um, 
The author is Philippa Bellet. She is the co-founder of multi-award winning health practice Chris and Philly Functional Medicine. Um, she's an accredited clinical nutritionist, functional medicine practitioner, coach and trauma therapist. She's also a PhD scholar and together with her husband Chris Bellet, Philly has been Philly's worked with over 2,000 burnt out clients in the past combined 25 years. That's pretty significant. And the practice that they have based in Tassie, beautiful Tasmania, um, is best known for ending body burnout for good in busy people with energy, mood and gut issues. I have to put my hand up there. I have been one of those people. So they were recently awarded as the Tasmanian state winner, national finalist for the Telstra Best of Business Awards 2022, as well as winner for the Australian Women's Small Business Champion Awards 2022. How great is that? Like really special. So Philippa's own passion for helping busy people has actually come from her own personal experience of body burnout, juggling the demands of business, family, her failing health. So you know, like I said, I won't lie to you. It's the conversation you're about to hear is very honest and um, detailed. And but it's, you know, I believe holding space for conversations like this is with yourself and with others, mind you, is really necessary to get to that root root cause. I know I'm, I'm taking that term from you, Chris and Philly. I didn't make that up, but I love that. That root root cause really why what's happening underneath everything, why we're having physical and mental unhealth, you know. So yeah, in this episode, we dive quite deeply into body systems, metaphysical imbalances, mindset, um, self-care, personal growth, you know, and even practical stuff like parenting and education strategies to support our children and to connect with ourselves. So you're going to love it. There's so much wonderful information and it's probably one of those episodes that you'll go back and repeat, listen to just because you'll pick up so much information. Um, Really importantly, the book is coming out very soon I believe within a week and a little bit so um, Philly is doing some great pre-release bonuses I've already ordered my book and I'm using the bonuses already they're fantastic like it's nearly $300 worth of bonuses that come with the pre-ordering so webinars um, some amazing recipes to support your body um, but yeah like I said be quick you've got about a week I think to go I'll um, confirm that exactly that date so I'll put the link to the to the book where you can order it as well um, so really jump on that but yeah I reckon it's it's a great time to get cozy get comfy or pop on your your runners or whatever you need to do and um, get comfy to listen to the episode and I'll I'll see you in a minute okay bye Hello and welcome to the Music and Mindset Matters podcast. I'm your host, Christy Russell. I'm a music and mindset mentor and founder of Movers and Shakers Music. I'm also a trained early childhood teacher, piano teacher, musician, mum of two, wife and passionate Aussie entrepreneur. I'm on a mission to spread the magic and power of music and mindset to as many people as possible. Every day I tap into the power of music and mindset and every day I notice how much more focused, resilient and connected I am at work and at home. You could even say I am more in tune with myself and the world around me and I want that for you too. If you're passionate about early childhood education, curious about the relationship between music, mindfulness and the human brain, then this podcast is for you. Join me each week as I discuss all things to do with music, mindfulness, and why it matters so much to be advocating for this in early childhood. My goal is to inspire you with stories, research findings, and a whole heap of practical tips so that you can have the confidence and skills to embed music and mindset practices into your daily routines and your early learning programs. Because when we love music, we love learning, we love life. Let's tune in. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Music and Mindset Matters podcast. I am very excited to have a very special guest today, Philly. Can I call you Philly or would you like to? You can call me Philly. (laughs) Philippa Ballette is my full name. I love it. Friends call me Philly. (laughs) 
Exactly. Well, welcome. It's so lovely to have you on today. I wonder if you could do a, a little backyard Barbie pitch, not an elevator pitch, but just <laughs> our listeners out there, just to give them a little idea of who you are, um, how you got to the place where you are in functional medicine today, please. Awesome. Cool. Well, I'm Philippa Bullet. So I'm a functional medicine practitioner, clinical nutritionist, coach, trauma therapist, and our practice, which is based in Tassie, but we are virtual, so Australia and international wide. Um, we're a holistic health practice and we're best known for ending body burnout in busy people with energy, mood and gut issues. So that's in a nutshell what I do or um, what our business is and who I am. Um, how did I get into this? Well, where do I start? I could go right back to childhood, but I'll start after I had my first baby. <laughs> um, actually, no. Well, before I had my first baby, I had some health issues showing up, um, but I didn't really take it that seriously because it wasn't really impacting how I wanted to live my life. I had signs of hormonal issues, which was ended up being diagnosed as PCOS. Um, so before we had kids, we were trying for about two years. So labeled as infertile. Um, and also as a teenager, I developed what's called vasovagal episodes. So where you faint, fit and pee yourself when you're under stress. Every time I pee myself, very embarrassing as a teenager. Yeah. And that continued into adult life as well. Um, so there were definitely signs that things weren't right in my system, but it wasn't until after I had my first baby, um, I would have been 27 at that time. And it was quite a traumatic birth. So it was a three day labor. My body, like this was the tendency, it would just go into fight or flight mode. And so I didn't want to let the baby out. I freaked out um, and ended up having a forced delivery. And during the process, they're not really sure how it happened, but I had a lot of bowel and bladder trauma mm -hmm. um, and the bladder trauma I could not experience the sensation to pee for like four months after having the baby That's pretty crazy um, and so I had an internal catheter up my bladder and yeah. a little wee bag on my leg and that was the case for about four months but during that time I was just getting UTIs and chronic constipation ended up back in hospital and so I was pumped with a bucket load of antibiotics mm -hmm. and then from there month by month I just ended up with more and more health issues and my little baby who would have been getting all the antibiotics as well colicky crying all the time the only time she didn't cry was when she was asleep um and yeah month by month postnatal depression yeah. hormonal issues which were there previously but got a lot worse um heartburn gut issues chronic back pain um really bad sciatica pain and my immune system was just shot like every two to four weeks i'd catch a new cold or a flu or infection and then get another one um and so anyway when poppy turned one my first daughter i was given a book called deep nutrition by my sister, which is kind of funny because she doesn't eat very healthy. <laughs> She's like, like I, think I can't you do it. You do it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Here you go. You might find this really interesting. Um, but it was basically all about, um, it was a lady's PhD and it was about based on Western A price, which is really looking at how we were evolved to eat real whole food and going back to eating the way that we ate traditionally. Um, and so that was a massive light bulb moment. Cause then I'm like, oh my goodness, like you can heal your body just by eating like whole food. What? <laughs> I've been eating muesli bars and muesli and like white sandwich salad rolls and that's killing me. I, okay. So first of all, I got a little bit of fight, a fight flight fear. I'm like, oh, if I don't change this, it's going to get worse and I'm going to get cancer. But it was, that pain was good for where I was back then because then I just completely changed the way that I was eating, started fermenting foods, eating animal organs, whole foods, organic. Um, and month by month, I started getting better until a year later, fell pregnant with the second baby. And I thought this time, everything's going to be great because I'm so healthy now. Look at how healthy I eat. <laughs> um, yet this time after I had Elsie, I felt really good in that I then just dove straight back into work. Um, so Christy and I just did a, a podcast. I interviewed Christy on my podcast and we talked about 
perfectionism, or you were talking, sorry, Christy, about perfectionism patterns and high achieving and go, go, go. And I'm there nodding, yes, yes, yes. That, they were I'm definitely in my patterns too. <laughs> <laughs> and so even though physically I felt okay and mentally after the second baby, I just continued on with the same patterns that caused the body burnout in the first place, dove straight back into work and this time full-on anxiety, panic attacks, as well as all the other symptoms showed up again. Mm-hmm. And so that told me that, okay, great, I had a nice foundation of food and healthy eating, but it wasn't enough. Like I still hadn't got to the root cause. And that's where I came across functional medicine through my mentor who mentored me for three years, Dr. Daniel Kalish. Um, And he showed me that, oh, there may be some things happening in your body systems that are causing those symptoms. So yes, food is going to be helpful, but it might not heal those things completely. So I studied functional medicine, nutritional medicine, became a practitioner over that time. It took about 12 months, um, but I was pretty much symptom free. However, I felt like I still had to live with cotton wool wrapped around me to manage my symptoms. Because if I went off plan, whether it was a little bit of extra exercise or maybe um, eating something that my body didn't like or getting woken up once in the nighttime, then all the symptoms would sort of start popping up again. Um, but you know, I was happy with that. I'm like, this is good. I, I'm, I'm very diligent. I can stay on track. I can do the things that are supportive to my health. And then COVID happened, <laughs> um, which wasn't that long ago, but COVID 2020, a lot of stress for our family, um, as most people have their own COVID stories and all the symptoms came back again, my third burnout. <laughs> And I was frustrated, but I could see that stress was playing a part of it. And in my head, I'm like, oh, I fixed it once. I can do it again. I just need to run the labs. I need to take the supplements. I need to do the the diet. Um, But this time, nothing physical that I did worked. It was like those symptoms were there for a reason and they weren't budging until I got to the bottom of what it is. And so then that caused our functional medicine practice to go in a whole new other angle that also looks at the mind, the unconscious state, the nervous system, and also the brain that can continue sending pain signals, even when the physical body is healed. Yeah. That alarm system, that alarm bell is still ringing. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no burglar coming in. There's no mm-hmm. about to attack you, but your alarm system is still going. Yeah. And, yeah. How did you, um, how did you incorporate that mindfulness into mm. what kind of things did you bring in on a practical level, I suppose? like Yeah. Well, first of all, this is interesting because as I was before COVID, so when I did all my functional medicine healing of my own self, my husband was also on his own healing journey and he did it completely different to me. So I kind of looked at it more as strategy and and food and diet and like even lifestyle, it definitely changed up what I was doing. But again, it was still managing my work-life balance and I never felt like I could relax. So even if I was out at the beach with the kids or going on a holiday, I still feel like the tiger was chasing me. So although my actions had changed, which would have supported my body physically, it wasn't doing what it could do in its fullness because my nervous system was still feeling unsafe. And so Chris took a different angle. He actually ended up doing this uh, big mentorship with um, a gym part, um, like PT people, because we had a gym back then. And he joined it for business. But what he found was that there was a whole heap of mindset work. And so he healed his body burnout just using his mind. and changing his stories and his beliefs and um, even looking at productivity and all that sort of stuff. And in my head, I'm like, I don't need that stuff because I'm really good at sticking to a plan. Like you give me a treatment plan, I will do it. So in my head, and this is even with clients back then too, I'm like, oh gee, they really need mindset work because they're terrible at sticking to a plan. 
<laughs> not understanding that healing the mind went goes so deeper than that. And I definitely needed to do it. And so I actually started writing my book um, during COVID as well called Ending Body Burnout. And there was a section because during COVID, we kind of pivoted our businesses. Chris ditched the gym because it was killing him. It was very toxic, burning him out. And then he joined my functional medicine business as the mindset person. And I'm like, yeah, that's cool. You do the mind stuff. I'll do the physical stuff. And so yet I wasn't embodying the mindset stuff myself. And as I was writing the book, I just had a lot of issues in my life that I wasn't happy with. It definitely wasn't as bad as my first two burnout episodes with little kids, but there were things that well, my physical body wasn't healing. Um, I had insomnia, it's actually pretty crappy. Um, Chris, my husband, who is a beautiful man, he just became the most annoying person in the world. And I kind of knew it wasn't him, it was me, but I couldn't understand what was going on. He triggered me all the time. Um, parenting and so anyway so I was writing this book and I'm writing this part that's called heal thy mind and I'm like I'm not even qualified to write this I'm just like piggybacking on Chris I want to embody this one so that I can embody it in its fullness but also I feel like there's something deeper going on so this so and then the next reason as to or how I then started doing the work was I pitched myself to go on someone else's podcast and his name, Jamin Fraser, his name, his podcast was called The Insecurity Project. <laughs> and again, I'm like, oh, perfect, I know. And again, I'm like, yeah, 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 I've got some things to say. Look how I've healed my body and, you know, I've been very good at sticking to a plan and blah, blah. I've got a lot of things to teach people. And before we jumped on, I said to him, um, look, I'm definitely no expert in insecurity. I feel like I've got some value to share with your audience. And we'd already done like a bit of a phone call chat to make sure it was the right fit. And then I said to him, feel free to coach me on the call. If you feel like, um, there's anything that I say that isn't quite deep enough in terms of insecurities. And so he did. <laughs> I didn't go super deep. Oh, no, he was actually very respectful. Um, and you know it was still very much the interview style but there are maybe two or three things that he just picked up my language patterns of some things that i continually said like i said something around oh yeah if i have boundaries in place then everything is good i just have to make sure i've got clear boundaries and he's like oh that doesn't sound very nice that sounds like you're managing yourself like i don't think an adult wants to be managed do they and there are a few other things too. But after that, it was almost like this can of worms just opened and I just cried for two weeks and I didn't even know why. I just knew that there was something deeper that need, needed to be healed. And so then I first of all worked with um, my coach, Jamin, and I've done many of other stuff since as well. <laughs> and so the, the, probably the biggest thing um, was around getting to deep unconscious core beliefs that that were like the tiger chasing around my nervous system 24 7. those things that were causing stress to my body and to my mind and also causing me to have those patterns of perfectionism always needing to do never feeling like i could relax um, and also being quite defensive and proovy. And that's why Chris and I were clashing back then because he would say something like whether it was a business idea or even just like a, hey, we should do this as a family. We should go or, or, or he wanted to go and do something on his own. And I always felt like I was getting attacked, like I had to defend myself. Yeah. Wow, that's really a lot um there's a lot to take in what you've just talked about and your story is, you know, I can, I can hear some things that I can relate to and I'm sure our listeners out there can, can relate to little bits and bobs as well. And, and that it really is coming back to that idea of, yes, we can feel something physically. Yes, we can see it or, um, you know, it manifests as a pain or something like that, but we cannot escape the power of our mind, but also the power of the healing within the mind. You know, you talked about in your book, and now is this the book that you're you're 
you're about to release tell yes 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 it is coming out in november um show notes people definitely okay yeah so so yeah my book ending body burnout I mean, it's in four different parts. So first part is body systems. You can't have physical symptoms without there being some sort of body system imbalance. Um, Even if the deeper root cause is maybe something, and it often is, to do with baggage stuck in the unconscious state, it is the way that we receive pain. Something goes out of whack in the physical body and then we get symptoms. So, so in our practice, we're looking at both physical and metaphysical inflammatories or imbalances. And it's like, well, why don't we just heal the body on both sides, physical and metaphysical for faster and more effective results. Um, and so, so that's classic functional medicine, doing lab testing that goes beyond what medical specialists, GPs are testing for, because a lot of people go and get the test done in standard medicine. And while some people get diagnosis, a lot of people just get the blank look of, I don't know, all your bloods are fine, so you must be fine, yet you don't feel fine, or you just get labeled IBS and just, no, I don't know, just manage what you're eating, or oh, maybe you've just got depression or anxiety, um, yet the symptoms are clearly chronic fatigue, for example, or it's all just in your head, so stop stressing, or, or yeah, it's normal to feel like that you're a mum. <laughs> yeah, and um, getting to the tip of the iceberg, and I, I know from my personal point of view, and you would agree with this, I'm sure, as well, is it actually makes you feel a bit worse when a mm. medical professional tells you that there's nothing actually wrong with you. <laughs> it's yeah. so damaging to your heart. Like you just think, yeah. Oh my God, am I making this up? Am I crazy? Like you just, yeah. you really start doubting and, and it really affects your mindset. And then you start thinking, well, I'm, ne- you know, I'm just going to keep going on and, and I'll just have to push through. And that's, mm. you know, that's, that's not the truth though, is it? No. In your experience. And I think that's, that's where we do need, you know, I'm not absolutely not saying anything negative about um, the medical profession or or people that you know work really hard to do their studies and become doctors and mm. and specialists but i just think we have so much more knowledge more um scientific breakthroughs that we can tap mm. into as we evolve as a human species that it's not the full story we need to be talking about it on a metaphysical level and people are probably listening to this going what does that mean what's she talking about but it's just, you know, if you think back to when before we man went on the moon, for example, mm. like we would have just gone, what, the moon? That's a thing up in the sky. Like there's no way we can ever get there. Mm. But with scientific advances and technological advances, we were able to go to the moon. There's no, I don't think we should be putting so much emphasis on this metaphysical thing as something mm. completely airy-fairy and out of touch. We've got more scientific evidence for to back our our theories and our our understandings and our and bring sort of a western and an eastern sort of thought to or philosophies together mm. yeah and mindfulness is not something just like i'll oh, go and meditate or go and do some deep breathing it's not just that mm. there's so much more to it and we can there's so much that we can support people with mm. yes and in your experience, you know, you must see a lot of different people from lots of different backgrounds and stories and, you know, obviously music and mindset matters is the focus of this particular podcast. So, of course, I'm going to be a bit more interested in the heal thy mind part of your book. But how do you, like, do you have some, I don't know, practical or um, practical suggestions that we can start thinking about, our listeners can start thinking about or start practising? Yeah, so specifically around healing thy mind? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm cool. Part of the puzzle, but I'd love to hear what you think about that. Yeah, well, it's huge because the unconscious mind, like when I think about the mind, I'm thinking the unconscious mind, which yeah. is makes up 95% of our mind. We're only 5% conscious. And the unconscious mind is controlling everything, our beliefs, our perceptions, our thoughts, our feelings, our behaviors, and it's also controlling every chemical reaction in our body. 
And so just like connecting that back to the physical as well, well, it's, it's sending the signal to your adrenals to secrete cortisol or to your brain to secrete adrenaline if there's danger. And so it's a huge part, like it's the center of who we are essentially and how, and how we're living our life. And so, so I always think about two things, like two things can become imbalanced or become inflammatory in the unconscious state. And that would be beliefs you have about yourself and also broken videotape loops of distressing events or trauma. Um, so with beliefs, it's, it's really, your unconscious state is very clever at hiding any dysfunction or, or self-limiting belief that you have about yourself because it's like too scary. Um, if you knew, if you had that in your conscious mind all the time that you're a failure, it's always there. That's really, really not nice. And so the unconscious state will hide often like really deep unconscious core beliefs that you have about yourself as a form of protection. However, it's controlling 95% of you, those beliefs. And so if someone had, well, I'll talk about my experience when I was doing the deeper metaphysical belief mind work. So why, so it's always looking at surface level first, what patterns are you playing out currently in your life that's blocking you or preventing you from getting what you want? Or that's like flat out making you sick or burnt out or whatever it is. Mm. And so because then your conscious mind is like, I don't like doing that, or I don't like thinking that, or why does that keep happening all the time, even though I have the best of intentions to change that. And that might be emotional eating or being too busy or snapping at the kids or whatever it is. Um, but that's just the end of the production line. Yes. And so then it's like, but it, they're great little dot points. So we call it connect the dots. Like, let's look at all the weird stuff happening in your present state. <laughs> And then it's like, oh, where did that come from? So then one must go back to the past because this is where our beliefs are coming from, which are then impacting the patterns that we have showing up in our current life that's making us sick or preventing us from getting what we want. And so there's research around the place that before the age of two, 50% of your self-beliefs and self-talk is created before the age of two, before a child can really even communicate properly. I'm going to pause you right there because <laughs> something that my listeners, if you are listening to this right now, I want you to get this information. This is why birth to five, I mean, you're talking about birth to two, that's even, you know, this is why we need to make sure those first few years of life are just rich in as many meaningful positive experiences. Now, I know there's plenty of people out there that don't have that. We understand that, okay. But I just want you to take what you've just said about the birth to two, you know, before the age of two. That's pretty significant. Mm -hmm. So and, significant. And then before the age of seven, 80%. Yeah. So if you... So if you kind of pause and think about that, it's like, all right, before the age of seven, I had all these beliefs programmed into me. And it's not like, yes, it often happens unconsciously, but you're, the child is also choosing to take those on as well. So it is partly to do with what's happening around them and how they're being um, treated. But then also there's still that choice for a child or an adult to say, yeah, I actually also believe that. And so therefore it gets locked into the system. Um, and that's a really important piece to remember, which I'll talk about in a secie. So anyway, so then you continue living your life. So for me, before the age of seven, I had a few things happen. I had a lovely, okay, this is a thing too, when people are like, I had a lovely upbringing nothing bad happened to me like so why is all this weird stuff showing up in my life and in my body yeah. and so no child goes unscathed out of their childhood because the deepest um most lowest energy emotion that one can have is humiliation 
And you think about children often get humiliated quite a lot. They're embarrassed. They're everyone's looking at me. Um, such and such said something to me, and now I feel like the worst human being in the world. And they are egocentric, and they make everything that happens mean something about them. And generally, if it is a negative event or experience, it, the child will mean will make it mean something negative about them. So I had a few experiences where it was one, no, it was a few where I would, I got up on a stage. So I was performing in like in this church children's presentation, singing lots of songs. Um, but also we all had little talks and mine went for about a minute. And I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to memorize mine and I'm going to get up on the stage and I'm going to say it without reading little perfectionist like high achiever right there, probably because I wanted um, more love and respect from my parents. Um, anyway, I got up on the stage, could not remember the words, went completely beetroot red and I was so humiliated, burst out crying. And then I had to sit on that stage while all the other little children got up and said they talked perfectly. Oh and so in that moment and there were kind of like similar threads for me as well but in that moment and as time continued i started creating these deeper unconscious core beliefs of being weak and incapable it's mm -hmm. like there must be something wrong with me why could all the other kids come up and do their talk and i couldn't blah 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 um and that became really problematic because then i had to try harder mm -hmm. at school it's like oh okay I have to hide the fact of this deepest fear I have about myself. So I'm going to work really hard and get straight A's and be the perfect student. And heck, I'm even going to do a PhD just because I can. La da 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 da. I was a pianist as well. Um, I'm going to practice four hours a day after school so that I can get an A in my exams. <laughs> And so while I achieved a bucket load of stuff, it were, all came from a place of fear mm -hmm. because I was constantly running away or trying to hide these deeper beliefs about myself for fear that people would actually see that I was weak and incapable and then be rejected. Yeah. Sounds so similar to the stories that I used to tell myself as well. Mm. You know, I know we mentioned this briefly in, in our podcast, you know, that when I was interviewing, you were interviewing me, sorry. Yeah. I always think, because I'm, I'm, I'm that liberal balance, always thinking about the other side of the story. Mm. I always feel a little bit, um, I don't know what the word is, but I, I don't want to take away from, you know, performing at a high standard. I don't want to put a negative spin on performing at high standard, but I think I will probably look into this further and see what the research says around it because mm -hmm. I'm, curious to know I wonder why we have that drive there's certain people in life that have that drive like it can't it can't all be for a lost cause I think that's what I'm trying to say you know I think we can sit with I think it's okay to be a really high achiever and and to do that but I think there needs to be that mindfulness that goes with it that when it's not perfect or when it's not up to your expectations that you're you're not a complete failure yeah see where I'm trying to I'm not sure where I'm trying to go but yeah yeah and I'm, I mean I'm sure there's probably young people who have pretty good beliefs yeah I think I just understood what I was trying to say yeah I think because I look through it as a prevention you know I don't want do should we as adults with this wonderful hindsight mm. should we be not wanting our children to achieve I think that's the question mm. Yes. What do I don't want to say that just do a half job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> half beep job. Yep, yeah. So, so since doing this work for myself, so we have an eight and 11 year old, and I'm like, gee, I really wish I knew this when they were like born. <laughs> but now with my kids, um, so for example, my daughter, oldest daughter, develops some pretty nasty tinier on her feet and a little bit of thrush. And so, and so I spoke to her about that. She also really loves sugar. <laughs> and when we go to social events or out for lunch or dinner, I, I'm definitely not a helicopter parent. I'm just like, you just do you and just listen to your body afterwards. 
<laughs> but anyway, this, the, especially the tinea was really causing her some pain, maybe not physical pain, but she's just like, mom, like my feet are falling apart. What the heck is going on? And so just sat down, had a chat. Yeah, you got some candida, you got a bit of yeast overgrowth. This is what you could do. Or actually, I think she even asked me, what can I do, mum? Because especially coming from the health space and being a clinical nutritionist and also my my health journey from the eating side of things was that I developed orthorexia where I was obsessed about healthy eating. So it's an eating disorder, basically, um, where you're so obsessed about eating healthy and that if you eat something bad, you're going to get cancer and all that sort of stuff. So I've been very careful with my children that I don't instill food fear in them and that it's always their choice what they want to eat. Um, And so, look, I could have. I could have been, Poppy, you need to do this, this and this and you have to do it perfect in order to clear this and it can be done in like four weeks and wouldn't that be amazing? Instead, I just edu- I just educated her what it is, um, why it grows, loves sugar, loves carbohydrates. It also thrives when you're not sleeping well or on technology too much, we're not getting enough sunshine. And then just gave her the choice as to whether she wanted to do it or not. And she's done a great job, but maybe like 70% job and she's getting results. I don't know if that really answers your question, but it's sort of it's something that I think about with parenting my kids um and that was just an example that popped into my head I think the key word that I got from everything that you said and I love how you explained that was educate them Mm. give and that's what I think some people you know I'm thinking how old's Poppy did you say 11 11 so I think because I work in that birth to five space I think there's we need to as educators parents we need to understand that there's a difference between telling mm. what to do and educating, being that guiding light. Like, yes, we need to help our two, three, four, five-year-olds and keep them safe and tell them the rules, but we can do it in a way that educates them and it gives them a little bit more agency and responsibility. So when I think about, you know, prevention of later mental health issues mm. or physical issues you know I, it's not my it's not my end goal to end them mm. to, be, to aim for that perfectionist never have a mental health issue or never have a physical or whatever health issue but I think we can as educators and parents we have that opportunity to tap into things your knowledge your um, your understanding of a holistic way of, of educating about the heart, about the mind, about the body, and just through things like having a conversation about food, mm. learning how to do some breathing when you're feeling really anxious or mm. you're scared or something. You know, I think I don't think we should wait until they're old and we think that they're old enough to understand. I think we need to have these conversations early on as possible. Yeah. And if we can't converse with the baby, then show them, show them that we connect with them, show them that we're listening to them when they're crying, pick them up. Yeah. I I think the key thing too is like if you think back to the self-limiting beliefs and how it then causes dysfunction, it's always around I'm going to be rejected and I'm not going to be part of the tribe. Like it usually comes back to that. I'm not lovable. I'm not worthy. I don't matter. I'm weak. I'm incapable. I'm in a failure. And therefore everyone else is going to disregard me, um, reject me. And so, so with my kids too, I'm like, look, you can do that. I believe that you can do that. But I also, I... I don't care if you do or you don't because I still love you. Yeah, exactly. I love you. I love you no matter what. And our youngest, we are working through some issues. Um, And so I'll even like if she's upset or she feels like such and such at school was mean to her or whatever it is, it's just like planting the, the beliefs that you want your children to have inside of them and for them to also own the fact that they're choosing to believe that way right now or perceive that 
as it happened because then you're helping them to take ownership of of their own experience of life. Yeah, that's really important and that's coming back to that lens that we look through. Are we looking through it as an abundant, positive growth mindset or are we looking that the world is against me I'm fixed in my views this has happened and that's the reason why you know children are egocentric that is their right to be egocentric at a young age because they you have to learn about the self before you learn about others Mm. respect yourself before you learn about others we don't want to hurry our children up at two and three to share because they're only learning about themselves first of course Mm. they want the toy because they need to know what the toy is and work out what it is they don't want to give it away yet. They haven't figured out what it is to own, the, like to have mm. a go with the toy, you know? Yes, yes. Same way we have to help them with their emotions and their understanding of, well, when I, uh, I don't know, um, I'm just thinking of an example. If I push my friend, my friend is probably going to fall down and get hurt. Oh, okay, so maybe, I, you know, maybe I shouldn't do that next time. They're not going to consciously think that way. We need to guide them with their thoughts so that then they can go ah okay so that's what happens when I push that happens and then this follows on and you know we we need to be guiding a guiding influence rather than a telling and you know talk about the mental state and talk about our our mindfulness yeah and I think as parents or teachers as well it's doing the work on yourself first oh yeah because Otherwise, like the kids know, they know if you're just telling them things. Like in terms of like, you are good enough, look at you, you can do whatever you want and I still love you regardless of blah, 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 blah. Um, And it's also, and if you're not doing the work first and foremost on yourself, then, then you do need something from the child. You do need them to be better and you do need them to be happy because if they're not, then it's a personal attack on you as whether it's a mother, mm. father or an educator or a teacher. Mm. And so then it does become needy and dysfunctional. Yeah. And it does come out as stress and not, you know, feeling overwhelmed and you know, I see that a lot in in the educational space as well. You know, it's a, mm. it's a really um, it's very mentally challenging sometimes to work in education space or work with young children or work with vulnerable groups of people. It's also very rewarding, but you know what you just said about connecting with yourself first and making sure that you're okay in your own space. It's so important, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, for those listening. Um, who are in an education space or a parent out there is that what would you sort of give as a some and I don't want to say quick tips because it's always going to be there's always going to be layers where would you start though if you're thinking oh I just need to change something I need to something's not working what can I do yeah Hmm. Okay, get your book. Ending body burnout, a functional medicine guide for busy women with energy, mood, and gut issues. Um, <laughs> I always I'm a big advocate in listening to the messages from your body. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of the times and also feeling the pain as well, because sometimes sometimes you can get some very clear signals, whether that's from a physical symptom or even like an emotional symptom and you just push on. It's just like, meh, can't be bothered dealing with that today or like maybe tomorrow that will go away. And when you do that, like one, it's even more unsafe to your system because you're getting those messages anyway. And also it's trauma, like it's trauma, trauma to yourself. It's a broken, it's a broken relationship with self that you're not listening. If you think about being in a loving marriage, for example, you wouldn't constantly be ignoring and pushing away your partner. I mean, some people do, and then that just ends up in divorce or in a estranged relationship. And so feeling into the pain is what I'm is what I would suggest doing. It's like, why are you here? What are you telling me? And then also feeling it enough that it's also going to motivate some sort of action or change. And it's okay if you need to sit in that for a week to really stack the pain up. 
to be like, you know what, I'm ready now to draw a line across the sand and step over that line and choose life and choose me and choose health. I'm done. Like I'm done being on the other side because the pain is high enough and I want goodness or health or whatever it is, the thing that's kind of blocking you right now. And when you say pain, you're not just meaning physical pain, are you? No, I'm just like, just have a, I mean, you can even write it out if you want to, but like all areas of your life, where are you not happy? Where are you feeling mediocre? Where are you feeling really out of whack or imbalanced? And then when you do that, it's just like, wow, I don't, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to be there. <laughs> time to, you know, time to come out of my cocoon. <laughs> yeah, and be the beautiful butterfly. Um, and then taking full responsibility and ownership for that as well, because no one's going to come and rescue you. And if they do, then there's no growth in that and you'll just end up falling back down the crack as well. And so just having a, like a life audit, I guess, is looking at that. Oh, that's a fantastic way of looking at it because we, we do that with other things, like with finances, with, I don't know, our job or whatever, but when anything that comes with mindfulness or our mindset or our emotions, we're immediately like, oh, no, that's not important. Oh, that's it's so thinking, dinosaur thinking, I tell you, people. <laughs> yeah, it's so interesting. Actually, second tip number two would be any time that that thought pops up, Instead of instead of just seeing it as a like an excuse, oh no, I don't have time for that, or oh that's just woo woo stuff. It's like turn that excuse and say, oh that's an interesting strategy I'm playing. <laughs> what am I not? What am I? What am I afraid of? Or what don't I want to know? Like what am I choosing not to know? Or choosing not to do? And then it takes it returns back to full ownership and responsibility as opposed to meh that just seems a bit weird or like why do I keep doing that or oh, it must just be a, a, a like a habit or it's genetics or whatever it is it's like no you're just playing a strategy right now to try and keep yourself safe let's see it as a strategy and move through that yeah great tips that's awesome thank you so much no that's worries really great to chat to you and I know that oh there's so many juicy bits in this conversation and I'm really curious. I hope if you're listening out there, give some feedback for this episode definitely because, you know, you've brought up so many different things. You've brought up physical symptoms. You've brought up, you know, the metaphysical. You've brought up the mindfulness. You've brought up so many different things that are, are valuable for all different types of listeners. Everybody's story is different. So mm. Thank you for sharing your wonderful words of wisdom and your insights, Billy. It's been great to have you here. What else would you like to share with us about where we can find you? Yeah, our website is chrisandphilly.fm. You might want to check the spelling in the show notes. Um, if you do want to learn more about the book, it's chrisandphilly.fm slash book. Um, if it's depending on when this goes live, we are doing pre-release bonuses. So if anyone pre-orders the book before the end of October, you get almost $300 worth of bonuses that just dive way deeper into what we were chatting about today and also about the book. Um, and yeah, we're on Facebook, socials, Instagram, LinkedIn. You can find us if you search Chris and Philly. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Philly. You have a wonderful day and we look forward to chatting to you again soon. Awesome. Thank you. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in today. This episode was brought to you by my signature course, Music and Mindset, the most comprehensive online course for early childhood educators and carers. You can check it out at moversandshakersmusic.com.au. Remember the double O in movers, along with lots of other free resources to inspire you and boost your confidence and skills. If you love this episode, please spread the joy. Share it with a friend, tag me on social media at moversandshakersmusic. And remember to download it and give it a rating because that really helps us to continue creating content that's relevant and useful for you and for many others. I'm Christy Russell and I'm here to help you understand why music and mindset matters. See you again soon.